Welcome back to Pop Hum, where pop culture like movies and TV shows comes together with academic humanities like history and literature and such, and then they all have a great big group hug. Okay, so I just saw Star Wars Rogue One, and I loved it. I'm so glad the Hollywood people chose the storyline they did over the unsolicited spec script I sent them entitled Lando Calrissian and the Great Gas Mine Getting Gambit. Yeah, I, even though I put a lot into that story, the one they went with, it was even better. Now, this won't be a conventional review. As usual, I'm probably the last person to get the memo about any particular pop culture phenom, so I'm betting you already have your mind made up about the film. But I can provide a comparison between this story and its historical basis, World War II. You see, I am of the camp that sees the whole rebellion versus empire shtick as a version of the idea of plucky resistance fighters named Fifi trying to retake Fortress Europe from the Nazis. That's as distinct from the whole Senate versus Sith thing of episodes 1 through 3, which was obviously about the fall of the Roman Republic. But, but, but anyway, back to World War II. Look, the parallels are everywhere. That's why the dude on top of the observation tower on Yavin 4 looks exactly like a British air warden during the Blitz. That's why everybody's always dogfighting around in little one-person spaceships that make awesome engine noises even though they're supposed to be in deep space. Most Star Wars movies, though, feed into a conveniently simple vision of the war, upholding its status as the, quote, good war, essentially a fight between freedom and evil. What's always been missing from the Star Wars universe, in my opinion, is a good sabotage story, a good behind-enemy-line story, a good story about tortured collaborators and grimy gorillas. So it's cool that the situations of Rogue One have some of the suspicious quality of Army of Shadows and some of the flawed ambiguity of Bridge Over the River Kwai, as well as some of the palm trees of Casablanca. There is a problem with this more gritty feel, which basically amounts to, should you be bringing your kids to see this movie? Well, to answer that question, let's ask my nine-year-old son, who came with me to see Rogue One just the other day. What did you think of the movie, son? Good. I see. What did you like about it? I liked how it was more fighting, less lightsaber duels, you know? Mm-hmm. And... The Death Troopers. Yeah. They were pretty boss. It's yeah. true. Um, how scary or sad did you find the film? A bit sad, a teensy bit sad. Just a uh -huh. small bit. Uh -huh. Not scary. Not scary. Okay, yeah. but sad. So, thanks a ton. You heard it here, folks. Okay, going back to the comparison with films like Bridge Over the River Kwai, the best thing that Rogue One has in common with these admittedly much better movies is that they all might touch maybe just a little tiny bit on what it was actually like to participate in the war. And the experience of the war, of that war, remains crucial to our lives today. I agree with Professor Lulavicious of the University of Tennessee when he paraphrases Ken Follett, declaring, quote, Simply put, World War II is the single most dramatic event that has ever happened in human history in terms of sheer scale as well as moral impact, end quote. And I think it's important that we remember that a big part of that drama was the ubiquitous experience of loss. See, in most Star Wars movies, if a major character dies, it's like this huge big deal, and then they come back as a blue ghost five minutes later. But Rogue One, it's not like that. The mortality of the heroes is right there in the foreground, and we're constantly reminded of what Thomas Childers, himself a specialist in World War II history from Penn, considers the essential lesson of the war. That, open quote, even in victory, there is heartbreak. Popham is a production of Luminous Learning, 
I'm Andrew Lovett. I do tutoring in the humanities and independent admissions counseling in the San Francisco Bay Area and online. You can find us at Liminus.com. That's L-I-M as in Monteverdi, I-N as in Nancy Sinatra, U-S dot com.